Welcome to the Woodridge Community Outreach Podcast. This is a great opportunity to learn about the organizations and individuals that are working to meet the needs of our community. For more information about our church or local outreach efforts, visit woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. I have uh, Jessica Penny here with us today from Family Promise, um, and this is just a conversation I've been looking forward to because it's a ministry that I love, yeah. but to be able to get a little bit informa- more information to you guys about what they do, some of the families, um, what our role is, and how we can play a part um, in those things. So I will let Jessica take it away as far as just a little bit about you and about Family Promise, big picture. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Jessica Penny, the director of Family Promise of Lake Houston. Um, We are at our core, a self-sufficiency transitional housing program for families with children. Um, Family Promise is a national organization. We're one of 200 some odd affiliates around the country. Um, And what I love about Family Promise is that they really feel like homelessness is a regional issue and needs to be managed regionally. And so they really let us dictate what our program looks like in a specific area. And for us, that is a rotational shelter model where we rely on churches. Um, as you know. <laughs> yes, yes. I think we've hosted three times now. Yes. But. So churches host our families overnight. Um, and it really provides a, a for us, I wouldn't move away from that model if, if you know, unless God himself told me I had no choice. But right. the, the model uh, really allows families to meet and connect with a lot of caring people in the community. And that's, I say the, the work happens in the office, but the magic happens in the church. Yeah. So, so I guess that's a, I, I know you guys, when you talk about family promise, and especially helping families, you talk about how you're, you really do this for the next generation, so for their kids. So kind of explain a little bit, yeah. I mean, because you are impacting the adults that are in there, but right. how it's generational and how yeah. you're really trying to it's, change. It's funny. I mean, really, it's children are our, our mission focus. It's children and their families. And yet when school is in, I really only see the kids a right. little bit, you know, here and there. Um, the work is really done with the parents to break that generational, um, whatever that the root causes of their homelessness were, whether right. that's um, just generational poverty or abuse and neglect or, um, you know, so on and so on. We are really working to give people a new set of skills so that they can overcome those deep barriers to right. success. And I guess that's something, because we I get this question a lot from people who have volunteered here when we host, um, like, where do they go during the day? So maybe just help us understand if a family enters the program, kind of what their day in, day out looks like. Sure. So it's pretty rigorous. It's I got this really good advice when I took over as director going on five years ago. Um, and, and Carol, the previous director, said, you... Um, everybody that walks through the door, everybody that calls needs your help. Your job is to determine who's ready to do the work. And that I thought was really interesting that, you know, that we're looking for people that are at a position um, in their lives where they're really ready to make these lasting changes. And so that that is an important piece because the program is rigorous. From 6 a.m. until 6 p.m., 
families are with us and what we call the the promise house is really home base and they come into the promise house that's where all of their things are kept that's we have a full teaching kitchen beautiful laundry room workout space the front office is where we're teaching classes we teach financial literacy um, nurturing program all kinds of life skills budgeting support like just anything somebody needs right Mm -hmm. we have a therapist on that comes in and works with our families so we're really trying to to heal any of the parts that are wounded and and allow people to move forward but the day center is so it's a lot of work if they're not at school or at work they're with us and they're working on the goals that we've set for with them for the week yeah and i know it's it is that's why i tell people it's if they're here it's hard work and there's some accountability and things um and i think maybe i'm gonna back us up a little bit in that let's just talk about the problem of homelessness especially in our area because sure. i think it's definitely on the rise especially post covid um yes. and just like what are the numbers what does your typical homeless even look like because i think in our minds or at least before i got involved with this my mind was the people maybe we encounter on the street corner right and way bigger picture um and probably way bigger numbers even in our area than people most people realize oh yeah definitely we one of the um one of the statistics i share is that between 700 and 1100 homeless students are registered any given year with humble isd right now that's our school district and that's families in kingwood and statistically, right. nationally, it's one in every American classroom. There is one homeless student. Wow. So, yeah, that it just blows my mind. One in 30. And what's the definition of homeless kind of by school standards? Yes. So school standards, it's anywhere that, that you're living where you're lacking a permanent stable residence. Okay. So couch surfing, living with family doubled up, um, or living in anything that is less than a... He- habitable so a lot of us that were here when harvey came through kingwood Mm -hmm. um those people that we we know and i'm i'm grateful that i was not one that had to had to deal with this personally i just was available to help Mm -hmm. um but anybody that was living like in the upstairs of their house because the downstairs was not suitable for living Mm -hmm. they would have situationally been considered homeless by the school district standards but that's also a self-report it's a self-report. And so it some doesn't... people are scared to report. Yes. And um, so there's that. They We estimate as much as almost th- maybe 30% more okay. than, than report. If you factor in anybody not school-aged, mm-hmm. um, so kids that are smaller or right. that have graduated, um, single people. But yeah, the numbers are definitely climbing. This past, At the end of the school year this past year, we had more than 1,100. So we exceeded what I have known to be like the range. Yeah. And I think it's even more and more people, even I notice when I come home, there's a, a hotel. And when the school bus stops, there are so many kids that, that get off. So even yeah. I mean, people living in their cars, people living in hotels. hotels yep. Yep. Or just, again, couch surfing, and it's not permanent, and mm-hmm. they're okay for a couple of months, and then they need to figure out where. Yep, I've known families of six living in one room because right. the friend has a spare room, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really challenging living situations, for sure. Yeah. So I think help us, because when I know when I encounter the families that we have, that we host, and you guys are in your program, they just look like regular families. Right. Um, 
but help us understand maybe some of the issues that are facing them and why it's so hard. Why, yeah. why can't they just go get a job and have enough money to support their family? Like, why is it so sure. hard yeah. for them? The math, so Family Promise is self-sufficiency based. So we do a little math in the beginning of our time with a family and determine if you have a family of four, you need to make this much money to support your family mm-hmm. at fair market rent and prices. So we're, we're not talking Section 8, we're talking like right. just you and I living out mm-hmm. in the community. Um, that math has gotten a lot harder in the last couple of years. So, I mean, we all know inflation, right? right. We've been to HEB, we've purchased eggs, we know it's crazy. But um, housing has really increased as well. And after COVID and the, the rent moratorium and right. eviction and those kind of things where um, a lot of landlords decided they didn't want to be landlords anymore. Mm-hmm. And so houses went up for sale that were previous rentals. So the availability of rental homes really decreased. But then also in 2020, the average studio apartment was 650, 700, and now a studio apartment is 978. And that's in our not even, area. that's one big room. It's just one big room. Right. So, um, I mean, I met a family yesterday that's living in a two bedroom apartment in Humble, and the whole apartment, I mean, kitchen, dining area, living room would fit in this room that we're in right now. Oh. And it, it's 1375. Wow. a month and so then you have to make three times the rent and so that's I mean you're you're really right. getting up there so the average rent really requires somebody to be making like 30 35 dollars an hour wow and and people still think 18 dollars an hour is a right. good livable wage and that's just not the case anymore right and but unfortunately to get jobs that pay that much usually you're either having to have a certain education experience yes. or work experience or extra vocational training and again most of the, a lot of the people that come in don't have those right um, so you guys are really helping um, while they're at your program part of the work is either maybe getting a GED just so they can then go and do the next Right. Vocational training. Yeah, so we help or, people kind of identify what those longer term goals right. are. If you want to be an RN, what can we do in the like six or eight months right. that we have together to get towards that goal? We won't get there. Right. But we can make steps in that direction and kind of uh, map out the trajectory. And so that often looks like maybe you get a phlebotomy certificate and start working on your, you know, prerequisite classes while you start working. Right. But our one of our other programs is transitional housing, affordable housing, and that in the last two years has really come to the forefront mm-hmm. of, of what I feel like is the emergent needs in our community. Um, we have two transitional housing units. It allows a family to, it follows the same model as our shelter program and allows a family more time right. to do pursue those longer term goals. You really can become an RN. Right in our transitional housing program, and we have a mom pursuing that right mm-hmm. now. Um, another mom is finishing the police academy in August, right. um, and it just the transitional housing, she pays a little rent, and right. she's responsible for her utilities, but she doesn't have to work full-time. Right. Um, she can still mother and go to mm-hmm. school and, you know, balance the, the expectations. Or, and I, yeah, and while not all of your families are, you know, single parents, situations a lot of them are which makes it even harder because you're trying to you know do all of this on one income 
Um, and again, what's available to do that while having kids. And, right. um, well, and then factor in like maybe your credit took a dive because right. you were struggling or, you know, um, who knows, there's some rental history. Like there's right. a lot of barriers mm-hmm. sometimes to overcome. Right. But but absolutely that are the families that we're working with at Family Promise, you wouldn't know. You right. stand. You do stand behind them and they mm-hmm. line at HEB and you have no idea that this is a homeless family right. that's struggling. And I think that's the other piece to help people understand um, you know, me with the foster care world, I do, you know, think a lot in terms of, you know, trauma and trauma informed. But even though they look, not knowing the struggles, when they enter, they're most of the time in crisis mode. Yes. So when people are in crisis mode, it's also you're really just trying to get through the next day. And I think even sometimes when we encounter them here at church, understanding that, mm-hmm. um, even though they look a certain way, we're expecting them to act a certain way. Right, and respond a certain yes. way. And really the the way trauma manifests is just that it is unexpected. Right. Um, you know, that something that doesn't seem like a big deal is suddenly a big deal, and it's right. just processed differently mm-hmm. in somebody that's been through a lot of trauma. And a lot of the, the families that we work with have this real generational trauma. So mm-hmm. those responses are really ingrained and having a lot of grace Right to meet people where they are is right. it goes a long way. Yeah, the heat towards the healing process. Well, and even just I think you know maybe when you're interacting and maybe they don't open up or whatever, and you're like, there's a reason. Maybe it's ingrained that to not trust, or they haven't been able to trust, or maybe they've done work all day and they're just tired, and so meeting a new person yep. is. It, it's it's just too much. Right. Um, like a typical response might be like, don't. You know that the stove is hot, so you don't touch the stove. Right. A trauma response might be, you know the stove is hot, so you can't enter the kitchen. Yeah. Like, it's just a different perspective. Right. And I think that is, understanding that, that's a great example of of it. Because um, that's what I've, I think I've learned a little bit of just in my interacting is our job really is just encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, friendship. And friendship yeah. and to offer. And if not, not to take it personally, because it's not personal. Um, and it's not usually directed at us. It's usually, you know, a response to something else going on in their world. Um, but it's also their their moms and their dads just trying to be the best mom and dad they can be while trying to do all of these things. And sometimes they just need the affirmation of, yeah, you're I see doing, that you're doing you're the doing best well. you can. Yeah. And you're doing okay. And your it's kids are okay. Typically people that have not had a lot of positive mm-hmm. reinforcement, a lot of praise. And it... It does. It carries a lot of weight just right. to hear. There's a challenge. Um, the One of the challenges with the rotational shelter is that the families do meet different people every right. night. Every night at 6 p.m. they're at a church, mm-hmm. and that church hosts one week a quarter, so they're they're not moving every night. Right. But they are meeting a lot of new people, mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of it. But also sometimes people just are peopled out. Right, you know, even I get, the most extroverted out. of us, yes. yes. <laughs> like sometimes, and um, and so we tell our families, like it is okay. the 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 more you connect with people and make those relationships, right. the better off you're going to be. But we understand that sometimes you just want to go to bed early, and it is okay. Yeah. Like no, just, I would. That's that would be my. I think my MO would be retreat. Retreat. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, yep. I'd be like in a book. <laughs> yes. 
but no, I but I I do love the relationship piece because as I've gotten to know some of the families and most most of your families stay for several months. Yes. So we yeah. get to see the same guys, the same group come in and that's when it's fun. Yeah. Because and it's fun to see the improvement in the steps. Yeah. Like and to see how excited and just a change in in everything. Yes. A change in the demeanor. Like one of the things that I teach in nurturing program is that celebrate the little things. We celebrate mm-hmm. little successes because we have to pay attention to what we want more of. Right. And when you're in crisis mode, you're not you're paying attention to the things that you would rather never have again in your life right. and you don't have a choice. But um as you heal, it's more about celebrating the the little milestones and and finding those in the frustration, finding those moments of progress mm-hmm. and um and so it's cool to see people kind of develop in that way. Yeah. And it's, and I think, um, so with the rotational model, sometimes one of the questions I get is, well, why don't they stay at one church? Or why don't they stay at Promise House? Or so help us kind of understand that, the mindset behind that, of, of moving them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, really it's, it's the idea that they're meeting a lot of new people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're coming into into God's house, your house. Right. When families come here to the church, there's a sense of of responsibility that you have to host them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that shifts. We've had other affiliates. We're actually in the minority now of, of Family Promise affiliates in terms of the different ways that we operate. And um, the rotational model is harder mm-hmm. in some ways. It's harder right. from a scheduling standpoint. And, right. Um, but We've seen other family promises that um, still have church volunteers, but the church volunteers will come to what we call a static site mm-hmm. uh, where families are staying there. And it does not develop the same relationship, and it's right. not as successful overall because it's not the same. It's just not the same. You're not hosting right. them in your home where you're comfortable and you mm-hmm. feel r- responsible for their experience kind of goes the other direction and, and generally people drop and go. And right. we kind of saw that during COVID a little bit when churches weren't able to host and mm-hmm. we were sheltering in the day center. It just ended up not building the relationship. Right. Well, and it's, I love to see families interacting with families. Um, and so my family, every time we host, my kids will come up um, and they get love it. Well, A, I think they love it because they're just running wild in the gym, not wild, wild, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. getting to play and they have other kids to play with. But I just like that in those moments, it's not about anybody's circumstances. Right. No, kids will are it's, the ultimate yes. level the playing field. And so it's, and then I get to have conversations with my kiddos later on to help them understand there are people that are living in situations that you and I don't ever, right. we can't fathom. Um, yeah. But yet, look, they're they're normal kids, and that's what they need. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I love about it, and I've yeah. enjoyed so far with our, our churches. A lot of families have, um, and I think it breaks the barrier for some of Family Promise families. Yeah. To kind of breathe a little bit and allow their kids to be kids. Yes. Yeah. Um, and just that's the. I mean, you feel like yes. you have to be on all the right. time, and. Um, and really just that like no it's so you're doing a good job right parenting is the most frustrating job mm-hmm. any of us have ever taken on and you know just right and that reinforcement in a, yeah in front of people or in a what they feel like is a bubble right and in some regards is a little bit yeah then yeah um and i think yeah. the other thing you guys have helped me understand is moving them also keeps them 
moving forward, it like does. wanting to make the progress. Yes, comfortably uncomfortable. That's yes. what we say. That you, you, I. Once your family promised family, your family forever. And right. I want to, I want to care for people in the way that I care for my own family. However, that also means right. accountability mm-hmm. and and moving forward because right. we don't want to stay where we're at. Yeah. Or you don't want them to stay where they're at. Right. Because you are trying to break these chains that are hard to break. It takes time. It takes time. Change takes time. Mm-hmm. And that's really the biggest lesson that I've learned at Family Promise is just that we have to give people the time and space that they need. Yeah. How, on average, how long is a family usually in the program? Because, again, you don't want them to exit until they can sustain yeah, housing. So the I goal mean, is three to six months saved. They, okay. Families save 80% of any income right. while they're with us. Um, and so we want, we really, I don't want it to be that, you know, that kid right. that, that moved out a little too soon and everybody mm-hmm. was like, oh, you're going to struggle. I don't want that for our families. Right. They've had enough struggles. So I really, we try to keep people um, focused on the goal of, of being able to move out in a sustainable way. Right. Um, but the, the shortest I've had was Tabitha. She mm-hmm. was, she was done with our program in four months. Okay. Um, the longest stay we had, somebody stayed just about a year um, of family. And that was, there were a lot of circumstances there, but. And I think probably with the economy that we're seeing, it may take a little longer to get where you need to get, just because it's like you said, the math is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, it's challenging. Um, Six to eight months is I think a standard length of stay. It's it's hard for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard, but the point is we're with you. And sometimes you have to rest in the uncertainty a little bit and learn to rely on God and the people around you that really do care for you. And And I I think the other piece, and you've you've hit on this, is the healthy support systems. And a lot of times I'm sure they come in and they don't have that. Um, And I know I've, somebody's described for me, you know, when we have a healthy support system, something happens and we fall, we don't fall very far before somebody's there to kind of catch us and move us up. Whereas people without those support systems, they fall all the way. Right. Because they don't have that catch. Um, And so I think part of that, and one of the roles that we play, be it naturally, you want it to naturally occur, is that they'll meet people that are support systems um, in their life. Like, yeah, the relationships Mm -hmm. have to be genuine. Right. That's why it works. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you meet people where they are, you celebrate their growth, right. and then you you know you're there. The, eventually, this is level playing yeah. field, like the kids taught us, right? When they right. were playing. Um, when I started, one more point on the kids because mm-hmm. it's just my favorite. But when I started at Family Promise, my daughter, she's going to be 13. She was eight, and we had a family in the program that had a nine-year-old daughter. Well, Avery would come to work with me, and Taylor and Avery would just play, play, play. Both of them at the time, eight-year-olds, they wanted to be like, I don't know, like vlogging. Like they mm-hmm. wanted to be TikTok stars, yes. but it was five years That's ago. They so all a little pre-TikTok, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, the YouTube channel. Yes, yeah, so you want to stream? They just played, played, played. When Taylor's family graduated and they moved out, um, Taylor came to Avery's birthday party. Like they're, they still, I think talk on like kids messenger Mm -hmm. um but Avery was like what do you mean Taylor's not there anymore she's not at your work and I was like well Taylor's family graduated and they moved out and they have their own house now and she was like 
man. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, kids just see it differently than yeah. we do. No, mine always ask. They're like, do we get to go up? Do we get to go up and play? And sometimes I'm like, no, because y'all just add to it. And right. then other times I'm like, yes, because that's what we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. As the parents, I go, oh, right. no, I, yes, I kind of want this break from parenting my own, but no, well, come and on, then, and we'll parent together. Yeah, and you're conscious of what they're doing mm-hmm. and how loud they are and it yes. gives you a sense of like what our families are kind of feeling when yeah. somebody at bedtime is freaking out yes no i'm excited about because the next time we host i'm excited about maybe having a new baby i know to love on oh have we do gosh. we have a baby yet no we don't have okay, a baby one yet. of the We're, families is is do any time yeah, I think we're 38 weeks okay. right now we I know we're talking yes. about like I know I'm talking my baby I'm just ready to hold the baby I know no we're also excited okay. about the, and that's what's fun too is when families we celebrate you got we celebrate birthdays if if they're on our week you know I have we haven't had one yet um we've onboarded some a couple of families but we haven't we haven't done celebrations yet but yeah, or now that we're getting, back to a full house we have a much yes. fuller um schedule of, yes. of celebrations. So now, getting so. to do a baby shower and some mm-hmm. of those things that, again, without a support system, we are that support system right. to love so on. We're, we're modeling. I mean, it's very organic, but we're right. modeling that kind of what a support system is right. for people and what family means, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we oftentimes will have a family where we kind of have to like coach them through asking us because the financial piece is very stringent. We are Mm -hmm. monitoring every dollar. Tiffany, Tiffany does it. I'm terrible at this because I'm a social worker and I'm like, oh, you bought that? Okay, you know. But (laughs) Tiffany's really good at Mm -hmm. holding people accountable in that regard. And so um, we will say, we will, you know, if you need something, you just let us know. We probably have it or we'll get it or we'll give you a gift card for it or something, Mm -hmm. right? But teaching people, coaching people to actually like do that, right. it's, it's hard for people that have relied only on themselves and And that's you know, all they survived. can rely on or that's all they trust. Right. So like to have to come mm-hmm. in and say like, hey, we need blank is right. that, you know. Um, it's 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 interesting to see how yeah. people kind of process those things. And it's, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to see not just the adults, but again, you see the kids and when they, hey, or hey, when do we get to come to see you guys again? Um, that was, it's, it's fun for, for me to get to see. And I think, so various churches do this. I think, what, 12 to 13 mm-hmm. that are kind of, now you guys are looking for more churches. We are, because the need is so great. Yes, They're, and then that could kind of double the families because you're limited. Because mm-hmm. um, while we're a larger church, some of the churches are smaller. So right, volunteer yeah. bases are smaller, their spaces. And we even have to kind of move things. We move around and we have people that work with us to kind of make it happen. Yeah. Um, but the kind of the different things you know we at every church you have meal host mm-hmm. every church has evening host and overnight host and i think the real magic is probably that evening host yeah that's when you get the most time mm-hmm. it's not so much doing it's more right. being um you're just hanging out after dinner yeah doing and, the things and again i think it's even just being available because mm-hmm. everybody's different right um and i think that it's everybody's comfort level too. Yeah. That's what I love. There's kind of a role for somebody that just wants to help set up in the background and you don't interact with families or drop off a meal. Yep, we have churches that uh, Sunday school group does the the prep. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. get the rooms ready. I mean, they're never interacting with right. families. That's just their comfort level is to do this prep work, which is every bit as important. 
and um, it's just many hands make light work kind of right. a thing. Yeah. But yeah, the dinner host, everybody eating together. I mean, there's really like a breaking mm-hmm. bread together component there. Um, hanging out in the evening, playing, right. positive yeah. role modeling, all those right. things. And then the the level of comfort where people just go to bed in their beds. What we have mm-hmm. found um, when we, through the pandemic, when we were like kind of by default static sheltering, mm-hmm. um, is that people that came into the program then didn't reach the same level of comfort as quickly. They didn't break the barrier of trust as quickly, like where we in the church, it's, I always tell people, don't overthink it. On the first day that I'm, you know, a family's joining us, I'm like, don't overthink this too much. You're going to pack an overnight bag. You're going to go and just one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And, and this is terrifying for people. They always worry, what are my kids going to think when we're just moving Mm -hmm. from church to church? The kids, like years later, still want to come back. They're asking their parents, when can they come back and sleep yeah. in the church again? So it, the kids weather it way, way differently than adults. But the adults, a couple of days in, and they're like, okay, everybody's so nice. Right. You know, and really either, we call it the three week speed bump. Mm-hmm. People are either three weeks in, people are either can't get over the fact their trauma won't allow them to accept the fact that like this many people actually care about them right. and want to help move them forward um and they they leave or they decide that they really can trust what we're saying and mm-hmm. that this is real right and and they move forward and then mm-hmm. those people are in it for the long haul right um but the the don't overthink it too much it's not it's not as scary um, right. and people come back in two days in they're like this is amazing yeah. I've, i slept better than i've slept in a year yeah and and so. that's what you and then i mean and then even the overnight is a piece of that just knowing there's somebody should they need something mm-hmm. um, and it's usually the easiest gig because you really are just sleeping here but for us it's usually the hardest one to get it's, because people I know. are like huh I sleep at the church. No, and I always, I'm like, well, I don't know why I don't volunteer to do that one, honestly, because then you do without your quieter. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, my husband is usually by default when we don't have somebody. He's like, yeah, that's the easiest thing. So, yeah, he's my. Usually, it's like you're in your own room. You have, sometimes there's like a TV, but we Mm -hmm. all just play on our phones at night anyway. Yes, or read a book. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I am available. Here's my public service announcement. I am available if anybody has trouble (laughs) filling an overnight (laughs) slot. My husband hopefully won't hear that. I know. I usually can't because I have to get kids to school in the morning, but he can. Uh, So, he definitely is. Uh, but again, it's nobody's interrupting you usually unless, which very rarely happens. Yep. Um, and so I'm like, nope, no kids are going to bother you in the middle of the night. Right. And yeah, so that's always his gig. I mean, he'll always, he'll also come up. But no, I love our, I mean, watching, that's even fun for me, watching him throw the balls, you know, throw football or whatever with boys and just kids being able to be kids. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And knowing that maybe they weren't before right and so you're giving them a safe place to just be kids yeah that they've had this total instability and now we're providing stability Um, in this really unique way mm -hmm. it is it's one of those people are always like what um success stories good stories that you can share so many so many so um we have Oh, gosh, I have too many. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, so that family forever thing. Mm-hmm. Most of our graduate families, if they have stayed local, will come back 
to volunteer. And so we have graduate families that um, bring dinner or overnight host right. or, and I love, to me that speaks louder than any statistic because it's this, this total transformation from, you know, from where they were to this family that's so successful in their endeavor that they can have the space Mm -hmm. to give back. Um, And so I love that. I mean, that's such a success story. But we do, we have a mom that will be finishing the police academy Mm -hmm. in August and going, she's going to be a full-fledged HPD officer. So Mm -hmm. single mom who fled domestic violence with her four boys um, and came through our shelter program and, and completed a junior electrician certificate while she was in shelter okay. with us. And then was out on her own for a little bit and decided she wanted to go back to the police academy and came back. Okay. Um, that's such a, that I mean, her four boys, what a right. role model she uh-huh. is for them, you know? When I met Karen, she had just what was in the trunk of her car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just just such a great story. Yeah. And such a great friend now. Well, and for some of them, a lot of them, I mean, I I like to. We had our middle schoolers do some stuff over there, which hope that was good. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. I love, I love the it. color. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there was heart. Yeah, the fence, um, the fed, the positive faith based fence graffiti yes, is my favorite. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but the, the fact it's like, wait, we can be graffiti artists. Yeah, um, it's great. But showing some of them, like the closets, and yeah. hey, all of their stuff fits in this closet. Yep. Um, and you know, helping them just see, like, you have more. Yeah, as a as a middle schooler, then yeah, their whole family, especially in middle school. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, I came, I came to social work through Redbird Missionary Conference in Beverly, Kentucky, when I was twelve, mm-hmm. and um, did that every year, every summer, until I had to actually get a job that paid me and couldn't just take two weeks right. off every summer. But I, um, that perspective. I think kept me out of a lot of trouble mm-hmm. when I was in middle school and high school, and um, it was really just God going. You, the, this, this is the right. you know, this is the other part of the world, and you mm-hmm. have to be aware that that yeah. this exists and be available as a help. Um, but yeah, success stories. Um, we have a phlebotomy supervisor with Gulf Coast okay. Blood Bank, mm-hmm. um, which phlebotomy is drawing uh, the drawing blood. blood. Yes, mm-hmm. drawing blood, um, and the blood bank. Of course, mm-hmm. that is like such a needed yeah. thing. And we we've got families. I mean, Todd came to Family Promise as a single dad with two teenage daughters, oh. and now both of his daughters have graduated from college. Um, Dana came through Family Promise, got a nursing certificate, um, and her her kids are all, all getting older now because right. it's been a while. But she worked for Family Promise for six years, mm-hmm. um, and her kids. I mean, it's cool to see the kids of the graduate right. families kind of you know coming out into their own mm-hmm. and graduating and going on, yeah. um, and that's that generational piece that is so rewarding. Right. Um, We have, I mean, there's so many stories that are hard to kind of articulate because it's this personal growth and development. Like families that came to us with so much uh, relationship trauma, being able to really establish and stick to boundaries. Right. Like those kind of things are Mm life-changing and and yet hard to see um, some of that back 
backdoor work that happens. Right. And oh, geez, uh, Pam. Pam is a um, constable. Mm-hmm. We have so many successful careers that have come. Well, and you even you also have worked with um, some homeless youth. Yes. Or, um, yeah, unaccompanied youth. Mm-hmm. Unaccompanied mm-hmm. youth. Yes, that yep. basically aren't with parents all living on their yeah. own. Or, I mean, we have one kiddo right now that graduated from high school just this year, mm-hmm. and she's headed to Sam Houston. Um, and she was the child of a family that came through Family Promise. Mom didn't complete the program, but we stayed in touch and and realized pretty quickly that this kid who was then a junior in high school was living in an inappropriate living situation. And mm-hmm. um, she was coming. I. If you saw her and asked her, she was like, everything's fine. Yeah, I'm good. Um, But then she brought a garbage bag of laundry to the day center to do her wash. And I said, "Mm, where are you living again? Like, come on in. Let's talk. Like, really. And um, it we ended up just she's a a little niece of ours now. Right. right? That we love, love, love. And um, I'm so proud of of where she's headed. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see what God has in store for her. so yeah. I guess the question is, I mean, we've talked a lot about the role that church members can play just within their church with hosting, but how else can people help? So um, any of these like pro bono professional services, mm-hmm. anything from resume writing to um, legal support, landlords, I'm, I'm always looking right now in, in particular how can we think outside the box to address right. this affordable housing crisis? And now I'm talking with my hands. <laughs> I can't <laughs> see that, so you're okay. <laughs> you gave yourself away. <laughs> we, um, we, anybody that has connections in terms of landlords that would be willing to, you know, right. work with us to kind of just really creatively think mm-hmm. about how we can solve some of these big, big issues. Um, supporting families, mentoring. Um, um, that's from praying. even time to time tutors. I yes, think tutors You've... praying for people. Right. Um, just anything that you're like, oh, this is what I do. Could right. this be helpful? Most definitely. Okay. Yeah. We, um, we and I'll put the link um, to the Family Promise website whenever we post post this. Um, we had this wonderful volunteer group, the um, Remodelers Council as part of the GHBA came and did all of this landscaping work mm-hmm. for us and they put in these pretty gardens and it's beautiful. And they said, who takes care of this? And I was like, well, I mean, us. Right. So the volunteer support, the more hands we have, right. the, you know, just the, the better everything stays. So. Yeah. Well, anything else that you would like to share about Family Promise? Oh, what else could I share? There's so many things. We have such big dreams for the future, and I think that that is the the main thing I want to share. We we have, like we were saying, there's so many. There's a different demographic of families in need right now. I I met a mom this week that has um, an MBA, and. 12 years, 15 years experience in HR and two certifications on top of the degree mm-hmm. and she can't find a job. Wow. So there is um, there is need for additional people and care towards, you know, the the 
families in our community that need us and um and together we'll we'll we can make a difference in right. homelessness in the in this area and um I just feel like that's where we're headed. No, well, and that's what I love. I love the coordination. I love churches working together Me with um, nonprofits and things like that. I love that picture. Yeah, the better it, together that picture. That it makes, yeah, the better yeah. together picture. And um, and really, the, to me, the church being the church, which is the encouragement, the support piece. I had this really sweet little intern mm-hmm. when I first started as director, and she said, when she came for her interview with Family Promise, and I explained it, she said, it's churches doing what churches were designed to do. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's so perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really, it's that caring for it's, one another. That's it's what the hospitality piece. Yeah. Um, love one another. Mm-hmm. And no, so I, I love that. And I love the work that you guys are doing. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yes. having me. Anytime. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about Woodridge or our local outreach efforts, please visit our website at woodridge.org. Thanks for listening.